Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Great stuff on a Friday. What a weekend we have on tap. And uh, if you're a Longhorn football fan, which most of you are, it's kind of a good news, bad news. You don't have a Longhorn game, but, man, you can sit back and uh, enjoy some music at ACL Fest. You can just watch college football all day, <laughs> NFL Sunday, baseball Sunday night. There's so much to do. I saw where Ty Henderson, our producer, you were out at a concert last night down at, at uh, Historic Antones. I was. It was a good time. What did you see? Boy Named Banjo? Yep. One, my, one of my favorite bands. Out of Nashville, Tennessee. It's an unbelievable. It's unbelievable if you look at our live music calendar this weekend, Rod. In addition to what's going on at the festival. Oh yeah. I mean, there's great shows everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unreal. Uh, so yeah, get on out and enjoy that without Longhorn football. Or you can go up to the hockey game tonight. The uh, Texas Stars open their season, 15th year. They've been playing hockey out there at HEB Center at Cedar Park. Their opener is tonight. Also got high school football, music. It's a good weekend. Baseball. Can't wait for Sunday night. Uh, all right, Rod, so we're now set with the Final Four in Major League Baseball. Gene Watson will join us bottom of the hour, our baseball insider now. Gino now working with the Chicago White Sox. We'll ask him about that. He's got a new promotion, left Kansas City to go to the south side of Chicago to help rebuild that organization. Nice. Gino will uh, give us the deep-dive thoughts on Rangers-Astros and this Phillies team and the Diamondbacks over in the National League. His also his thoughts just on the uh, conversation of the week off and the 300-win teams not in this you know, is this hurting baseball's best teams? This new format, which is in its second year, um, you know, I just I'm of the opinion that your best players have be, to perform in big moments. Be better. Be better. <laughs> yes, uh, if you're the best team, be better. It's hard for for me to stomach. Well, we had a week off, and now we couldn't be yeah. our best. Well, that's come on. You're you're exactly. You, you got to ball out when it's time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just when the bell rings, you got to go. And um, you know, the stat that stands out to me is in the. Uh, in the Dodgers and Braves case, the the, the four guys who are going to be the top four vote getters for M- NL MVP. Um, Ronald Acuna is going to win that, but but Matt Olson, his teammate Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts, those guys batted like 100 in these playoffs. I mean, you can't win playoff series if your best players who helped you produce all year long don't produce in the in these moments. Just can't happen. Just yeah, can't happen. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I mean, you talk about under underperforming on the big stage. That's where your legacy is built as a pro athlete. You know, you, you actually mock players who have great regular seasons and they can't translate to the postseason. Well, and Clayton so, Kershaw is another one of those guys. Yeah, that's he no wasn't excuse good for, either. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, he was bombed. There's no excuse for that. So uh, even even if the format may have contributed to it, if you're a big time player, it's no you don't <laughs> format's no you, excuse. You don't blame the format. Yeah, you know, you know, I got too much rest. Well, we don't. You, I got you, too much rest. The team uh, that gets the bye week <laughs> in the NFL and has a week off, if they don't perform, we don't say, "Oh, well, there's the bye week's fault." Come on. Yeah, you you got to perform. You got to show uh, up, man. And that's really the case in yeah. those series. The best players didn't, and then the other side, the you know, other guys did step up in a big way. 
that's what the playoffs are all about. The marathon's over. The sprint is now here. Uh, and that'll be the case for the Astros and Rangers. Uh, also, uh, we'll get to Rod's rant coming up this hour. Rod's got some good stuff. What are we What are we ranting about here in about uh, 10 minutes? I think, I think we're going Dak Prescott and the Cowboys a little bit here. Um, you know, I did some C.J. Stroud uh, stuff yesterday and played the audio of him and how he's kind of a next-level quarterback, even as a rookie. Uh, Dak Prescott and his Cowboys offense, a great piece over uh, by, I think his name is uh, Stephen Ruiz, uh, does good work breaking down some film, and he's got some interesting takes about the Cowboys, and I think the Cowboys may have made a a mistake with this Texas Coast offense, and I'll explain that when we get into the rant. There it is. Let's get the headlines out. Trending topics to get you caught up as you're up and out on a Friday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Start with Major League Baseball. The playoffs and the upsets just keep coming. Phillies last night. Nick Castellanos hit two more home runs. Second straight night he did that. Six Phillies pitchers combined to once again shut down the high-powered Atlanta offense. Philadelphia takes game four, three to one. Then they win the series three games to one. Knock out the 100-plus win Braves. Uh, from the playoffs in the division around second straight year. They're now facing Arizona in the National League Championship Series starting Monday night. In the American League, of course, the Astros will battle the Rangers in that all-Texas best-of-seven series starting with Game 1 Sunday night. College football, absolutely wild. Big 12 matchup down in Houston last night. Dana Holgerson's Houston Cougars were in control. It was a back-and-forth game all night with West Virginia, but with under four minutes to go, the Cougars were up 35-24. Mountaineers, though, rallied for two quick touchdowns, 15 straight points, including a 50-yard touchdown strike from their quarterback, Garrett Green, to Hudson Clement with 12 seconds to go, giving them a 39-35 lead. But Houston had two plays left. They had a quick pass to get the ball out to midfield after the kickoff, and then one play to go. Here's how it sounded. Back to pass, Donovan Smith. Smith steps up in the pocket, unloads it, throws it all the way downfield into the end zone. Tip, and it is caught! Caught by the Cougars! Caught for a touchdown! Unbelievable! Caught by Stephon Johnson! The ball was tipped up in the air, and the Cougars win the game! They win it. Their first ever Big 12 Conference win is a Hail Mary uh, heave and snag. They're now 3-3 three and three on the year. They will, of course, host the Longhorns next Saturday. West Virginia falls to 4-2 and two and take their first conference loss. Also, as I said, SMU rolled East Carolina 31-10. Week 6 in the NFL kicked off in uh, Thursday Night Football in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City defense led the Chiefs to a 19-8 victory. Pat Mahomes threw for 306 yards. That's a season high and a touchdown. 124 of those were to Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift was... In the booth, watching along. Kansas City's defense, meanwhile, held Russell Wilson and the Broncos to under 200 total yards, just 82 passing yards. They improved to 5-1. and one. The Chiefs do. Denver now 1-5. and five. KC's beaten Denver 16, 16 consecutive times. Dallas Cowboys will wrap up Week 6 Monday night. Monday night football against the Chargers. Yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys officially put their starting linebacker, Leighton Van Der Esch, on injured reserve with that neck injury. He's out at least four weeks. Dallas defense coordinator Dan Quinn did say earlier in the week that Micah Parsons could see more time at linebacker if Van Der Esch is out for an extended period of time. In high school football last night, the Vandergriff Vipers improved to a dominant 7-0. They beat Round Rock 45-3. Pflugerville Weiss rolled past Bryan 42-13. And in basketball, Big 12 announced its conferences, preseason awards, and teams yesterday chosen by the league's coaches. Texas sharpshooting transfer guard Max Acemas was named preseason All-Big 12. While forward Dylan DeSue, junior guard Tyrese Hunter, sophomore forward Dylan Mitchell all received honorable mention. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Yeah, I'm really excited about uh, this weekend for the Cowboys, for Dallas Cowboys fans, because uh, it's a big one. Uh, especially for the narrative now following that 49er, that disastrous performance and no-show versus the 49ers. 
you can make the argument that if there's a no-show in this game against the Chargers, um, somebody could be on the hot seat. You can start that. That conversation might start. Well, this game, uh, and it's not till Monday night, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it'll wrap up your weekend. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. But it's big for the psyche, right? Where, where, yeah. Can, can, can Mike McCarthy get this team back? I mean, they're talking like it, it was just one loss, but we know how important and how much uh, weight was put into that game and on that game going into it. And to lose 42-10 to 10 and just get humbled like that and humiliated on primetime. Typically teams in the NFL, Rod, who get humiliated in primetime bounce back. And you know, have mm-hmm. a good performance. It's yeah. just a human nature, com- competitors' Grown nature man, about that. You got pride. They're yeah. professionals. And the the Chargers very likely can go Chargers too. I mean, you know, they flop on the big stage quite a lot themselves. Uh, and, but it is the, the subplot of Kellen Moore is really intriguing because Kellen Moore is now coordinating the Chargers' offense, and they're getting Austin Eckler back, their best player on the offensive side of the ball. He'll be back and healthy at running back for Justin Herbert. So uh, looking forward to that game. Rod will go a deep dive on Dak Prescott coming up. We're also um, checking out the big stories from last night, that Houston game. What you? Texas should not have much of an issue with Houston. They gave up over um, 500 yards to West Virginia. They shouldn't, but I believe Houston can replicate some of the issues uh, and the problems that, that, that Oklahoma presented to Texas. Meaning the Donovan Smith is no Dylan Gabriel, but he's he's operating and processing a lot better in that Dana Hogerson offense than he was at Tech. Remember at Tech how turnover prone he was? Um, not against Texas, but he was turnover prone um, pretty much every time he played. And he he's more comfortable now in making better decisions with the football. I like the receiving core of U of H. Their receiving core is pretty nice. Actually, I'm... The receiving core concerns me going up against the Texas DBs. I think Texas DBs can hold their own, but those guys are fast. They can make some plays. They got a lot of speed on the outside. Um, they also, I think they, so they can replicate some of the quarterback run game stuff, not completely, but they can put in, Dunvis Smith can move around, so they can put in the quarterback draw. Um, you know, they seen it, uh, Texas seen it versus Tech when he was the core starting quarterback there. You know, he can pound you with the short yardage quarterback run game as well. So that worries me a little bit. They can go tempo. Because Stanner Hogson is an air raid offense, so they can go tempo too. That also gave the Texas defense some issues, especially the defensive front. It negated the pass rush, neutralized the Texas pass rush a little bit, um, so it was less effective and forced a lot of coverage breakdowns now. The up-tempo did. We know that, especially a two-minute drill into the half against the Texas defense and a young secondary. So that's also something U of H can try to replicate. And that's one more of the concept that I'm worried about. Uh, with this Texas defense. I'll probably get into that more behind the burnt orange curtain that I know U of H can do, and Texas will see a lot of because Oklahoma had great success on it too. Sure. And, uh, you know, and honestly, Donovan Smith is a starting quarterback. Texas only playing three starting, starting quarterbacks this season. That has hurt the, the development of the defense because as a defensive coordinator, you troubleshoot problems and issues on your defense week to week based on what problems are presented and what's exposed week to week you go solve that problem coaches are just problem solvers go solve the problem you know the, a lot of the problems that were presented versus Oklahoma the first starting quarter real starting quarterback they've seen all year I think would have been exposed earlier and the coaches would have had better solutions uh, to those problems or they would have built in fail safes within the defense had they been exposed earlier but I think there was a false confidence about the Texas defense heading into the Oklahoma game it's still a really good defense but we thought they may be borderline elite yeah. And I don't know they're borderline elite. That's just good to great. Well, we'll get an update from Sark next week on the availability of Ryan Watts at corner yes. and um, you know, Jalen Catalan at safety. Yeah. Because, I mean, and Oklahoma was the first pass-first team Texas has faced. Mm-hmm. Houston's a pass-first team. But Donovan Smith had 12 rushes last night. 
Um, but they only they were under 400 yards last night against that West Virginia defense. West Virginia rolled up 550 total yards in the game yeah. and lost the football game. So Texas should be able to to move, move the, the ball and score against that defense for Houston. Uh, obviously, that game next Saturday, three o'clock down in Houston. Rod, tell them about Apple leasing. Let's get into the rant. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, first of all, I'm telling my friends over at Apple leasing because uh, first of all, you need friends like my friends over at Apple leasing. They do a great job of making sure that you get uh, the best bang for your buck. They can get you the price you want, the payment you want on the car you want. It is just that simple. That is their business model. We know time is money. My friends at Apple Leasing are in the business of saving you both. The professionals and the fine folks at Apple Leasing can help you get the price you want and the payment you want. All it takes is one phone call, one simple phone call, or one click on Apple Leasing's website, and you'll get a quote on any make or model vehicle that you want. They can even give you an estimate of the value of your trade-in right over the phone. They have what they call a simple interest easy lease, and it makes things simple because they want to simplify things for you. Take the stresses and the headaches out of the leasing process for you. Uh, and right now, Apple Leasing can do that. The simple interest, easy lease gives you more flexibility, which is going to give you more possibilities and options to help you find the vehicle that fits you best, but more importantly, the vehicle that fits your budget best. So give them a call, 512-346-9977. That's 512-346-9977. Or visit them online at AppleLeasing.com. It's simple, AppleLeasing.com. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so the new Tex Coast offense for the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Texas Coast offense had one goal, one main goal. The main goal of the Texas Coast offense was to reduce the interceptions and interception rate of Dak Prescott, which that's, that's basically was the main genesis and origin of the Texas Coast offense. Dak Prescott had an unprecedented year where he threw a lot of interceptions last season, led the NFL in interceptions, and the Cowboys freaked out about how much risk, right, how the risk and the reward in Dak Prescott's game um, started, you know, one started to increase and one started to decrease. He used to be a high-reward, low-risk player, and he became a high-risk, high-reward player. But as I always pointed out, that was out of character uh, for Dak Prescott. That actually, if you go look at the history of, with Dak Prescott, he actually was a, a quarterback that took care of the football. Uh, he's actually one of the better quarterbacks when he came uh, to being responsible with the football. His turnover uh, play, if you look at his turnover play, uh, worthy plays, I should say, um, including fumbles and interceptions, uh, he ranked 13th in the NFL Um and the issue last season was that, unfortunately, he had a lot of bad luck, too, <laughs> um, because his turnover-worthy plays, a lot of them, like 80% of them actually turned into turnovers, and he got those 15 interceptions. But with, I think the Cowboys, that could have been possibly an overreaction to Dak Prescott's the, you know, le- uh, league-leading interception season, um, because if you go look at his years as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he actually had one of the lower interception rates throughout his career. That was out of character. That was an outlier season for him. He had the same, you go look at his career interception rate, he he, he thrown um, an interception on 2% of his passes in his career, basically, 2% interception rate. That's the same number as Joe Burrow, um, and it is uh, 0.2 percentage points behind Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes in career marks. As a matter of fact, there have only been eight quarterbacks throughout 
the history of the NFL who have done better at avoiding interceptions than Dak Prescott. So you could argue that the Texas Coast offense to shift everything so dynamically was an overreaction because that wasn't in Dak's character. Now some people say, well, look at the San Francisco fan. He, he threw three interceptions. He did. Three in a row. It was like three consecutive drives. Oh, that, was, that was humiliating. Yeah, so the, the argument could be made that he's regressing, that he plateaued. That he's plateaued, and now you're starting to see him regress. That could that could easily be happening. I don't think it is, but it could be. The offense is not helping Dak's cause, though, right now. Because right now, Dak Prescott is playing, even though his interceptions have dropped. So his interception rate, it has dropped. So I guess if that was the goal of the Texas Coast offense, then mission accomplished. But so a lot of his other numbers have dropped, too. His QBR is down. His yards per attempt are down. As a matter of fact... His yards per attempt have never been worse than they are right now. Even going back to 2016, so in all the different OCs he's had, he's never had a lower yards per attempt than under Mike McCarthy's Texas Coast offense. Um, and the Cowboys aren't running the ball. They're, they're averaging, what, they're four yards per carry? That's worse than any season with Kellen Moore or Scott Linehan. And I know people hate that Scott Linehan offense. They're averaging fewer yards per rush than they have in any of the 10 previous seasons. And the Cowboys are averaging fewer passing yards per attempt than they had in 2020 with Andy Dalton and Kellen Moore. Oh, wow. Well, and it almost feels like Dak hasn't been the same since the, the ankle injury or the foot injury, but uh, I don't know. That seems like there was a pivot point there. But to your point, and you know this, Rod, I mean, you know, offensive coordinator, right? That's what Mike McCarthy is now, along with yep. Brian Schottenheimer. Mm-hmm. It's more than just play calling. It's coordination. It's, it's yep. the coordination of your offense. It's, All the it's pieces. running the proper routes. Yep. It's running the right timing. It's um, you know that that's what an offensive coordinator's job is: is to develop that uh, that, that the, the, the symphony mm-hmm. of your offense. Yep. And it just seems out of sync right now. It really does. And and you know maybe Tony Pollard's not as explosive as he was before he broke his le- ankle against the 49ers last year. I don't know. He doesn't look the same. Uh, the whole team just looks offensively like they're out of sync. Out of sync. Out yeah. of sync, even in the wins where the defense was scoring touchdowns and putting you out in front and just dominating against the Patriots, Jets, and Giants, the offense still didn't look dynamic, and that's concerning because now you've got a stretch where you're playing the Chargers and you get your bye week and you got a really tough game. You can still play the Dolphins this year. You still play the uh, Eagles twice. they got to get this thing figured out and figured out fast. You played the uh, C.D. Lamb audio yesterday, and it was... <laughs> Damning. It, yeah, I What's mean, the that was an indictment. It, it was an indictment, no doubt, when you asked him what the identity of the offense was, and not even C.D. Lamb could tell you what the identity of the Tex Coast offense is. Um, but it is it it is predictable, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. And uh, Stephen Ruiz of the Ringer does a great job, kind of breaking this down. But Fred Warner, we played this audio yesterday too. Fred Warner, who is the fantastic linebacker for the 49ers, he was doing an interview after the Cowboys game, and he hinted. And, and, and I don't know if he did it intentionally or not to take a shot at Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys offense, but he did imply that their offense is somewhat predictable. Now, he's a great player, <laughs> so everybody can't diagnose the way he does. But listen to Fred Warner talk about this audio and talk about how he was able to figure out and predict exactly what the Cowboys were going to do on defense, on offense. Sacaroni, you know, I had to wrangle him down. <laughs> Big old deck. Just talking about Dallas, unfortunately, I hate to say this, I grew up a Cowboys fan. Ooh. I mean, ever since they didn't drive me i'm like hey 
y'all had your op and now you gotta see me they try to motion cd to kind of see all right it is a man's own read i knew that they either they love slants and they love crossing routes to try to when, when we're in man coverage if they want our guys to run into each other as their guys are kind of crossing to knock them off and so i'm popping and i'm kind of looking in my peripheral to see if they're crossing i i see cd coming across and the tight end so i literally just had to try to jump in front of both of them to knock them off just to make sure that they didn't rub the the guys that were covering so boom when i knock them off that knocks the timing off of the play Dak's like Dak has a pump it oh he, he escapes out and then it's just perfect little lane for me to just run up and ride and through there and sacaroni sacaroni uh but he talks about and cheese <laughs> talks about the route combination that the cowboys like right their tendencies they've run double slant the second most in the nfl behind the Bengals. only the Bengals have run double slant more so it's like all it's like, i don't know if there's a much variety in the texas coast offense um dad prescott has only attempted 13 passes of 10 yards or more to the middle of the field so you basically just take it the middle of the field is not where the Texas Coast offense wants to exploit. Uh, by the way, it's 27th among qualified starters in the NFL. Um, Kelly Moore's offense, that was a lot of access to the middle of the field. And that's one of the most efficient areas uh, for Dak Prescott to throw the football. At least it was in previous years. Um, his re- receivers averaged a lot of separation, almost two yards of separation when he's targeting the middle of the field, 10 yards or more. Um, and they just don't do it. Now, the Cowboys, remember, we talked about how Dak Prescott's great in play action. Right? We talked about this ad nauseum. Cowboys fans know it all too well. The Cowboys this season, one of the worst teams in the league on play action passes. Um, Prescott is uh, one of only three starters who has yet to hit on a, what they call a deep crossing route, which is 10 yards or more down the middle of the field. Um, the other two are Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones. Ooh. The worst. Um, when Kellen Moore was your offensive coordinator, um, they completed 12 or 20 of those deep crossing routes. Um, Dak has only attempted one such pass this season on uh, those deep crossing routes. And here's another stat for you. Um, based on pro football focus charting, the Cowboys have had the third highest rate of pass plays where no receiver was considered open. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's when, a problem. When no receiver was considered open. So that, that goes to your point about you talked about the, the coordination. Yeah. Right. So it ain't all Dak, but it's it, right now the entire, you know, synchronicity of the offense is off. They don't have any synchronicity. Um, and it seems like all the different parts are, are not working together. They're all working separately and they're trying to accomplish a different goal. And Kurt Warner. You brought that up e, as well earlier this week. Hall of Famer. He talks about that too. He talked about man, these the, the pieces don't seem like they work together. They move together. They're not all on the same page in terms of timing, execution, precision. So Texaco's offense is discombobulated to say the least. It just Has ain't not good. Been good so far. And uh, my thing is, e, I think, and it, we saw this on the Forty Acres. And we saw this with Mac Brown. And we see it all over society in different ways. Some of y'all probably can get political with this, too, but we're not getting political. Where the cure is worse than the disease. They, they diagnose a disease or an affliction and then decide, all right, we're going we're gonna to cure this. We got a remedy for it. And the remedy ends up being, ends up being worse than the actual disease itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mac Brown did this after the Texas-Alabama championship game in 2009. He decided he was going to fix the Texas offense. The reason they lost the game is because they weren't physical enough. He wanted a downhill running attack. And he's like, I'm going to fix the Texas offense. We called his shot. We're going to be a physical downhill running team, even though he had Garrett Gilbert as his starting quarterback, who's a spread quarterback. And he decided he was going to do that. And that was his 
the remedy. That was his cure. But it ended up triggering this offensive identity crisis for Texas that they didn't solve, honestly, until they got Steve Sarkeesian on campus. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. Because he, wanted, he, he, he said he wanted to be a certain type of offense, but he didn't have the personnel and pieces to actually execute that. Or the coaches executed. <laughs> and it, is, it caught a call, Texas to go into a downward spiral, and that, and that cure that he had in mind was way worse than the disease, which was you lost to Bama because Bama was a power-running team. Your starting quarterback really got hurt, and your spread offense – couldn't couldn't hold and your the ball and control the ball enough. Quarterback yeah. turned the ball over five times. Yeah, and but, that's why you lost. Exactly, it was actually wasn't the offense. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the offense, but Turnovers, you decided to cure quarterback something. Quarterback got hurt. Yeah, backup quarterback hadn't played it all the whole season. Uh, yeah, good stuff right there with Rod. The Cowboys. Uh, let's hope they can turn it because because it's a tough one against the Chargers on Monday night at L.A. Uh, Kellen Moore. It shouldn't be. I mean, Kellen Moore was in demand the minute he got let go. Uh, he had choices, and the Chargers mm-hmm. gobbled him up within a day. Yep. And you promoted Brian Schottenheimer, who's a journeyman, below-average offensive coordinator, in my opinion. And Mike McCarthy got run out of Green Bay because he couldn't call plays and coordinate an offense. That's and, the and Rogers was talking trash on him when he got out of there. <laughs> yeah. Called him a low football IQ coach. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. All right, we come back. We'll talk baseball. Astros, Rangers, uh, Diamondbacks, Phillies. Now the final four. Gene Watson, our baseball insider, will join us to get a preview. His thoughts on these big series. Also, how come all the upsets in uh, Major League Baseball, the best teams in the regular season, are not uh, still playing? We'll ask Gene about that as well. Plus, bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Hook him up on Ian Rodby. I might as well get started. Oh my gosh, did you hear what uh, former wide receiver Steve Smith said about current wide receiver Jerry Judy last night on national television? That's wild. That was harsh. That was crazy. That was harsh. We'll play a little bullish or BS coming up top of the hour before it. Also, uh, I'm going to give a bullish on to uh, Spencer Strider, the right hand of the Atlanta Braves, setting people straight over just going to the easy answer of the format is the problem with Major League Baseball right now, not uh, you know mm-hmm. players having to play. Be better. Be better. All you got to do, show up. That's what you have to do. In the clutch. That's what you have to do. But we'll get to that coming up in Bullish Your BS. We're also, as we said, one hour from now for Astro fans and even Ranger fans. We're going to talk to Steve Sparks, former Astros pitcher and Major League pitcher, now doing a great job on the uh, radio broadcast for the Astros. In the 9 o'clock hour, we'll talk to former Texas Ranger Jeff Fry. Jeff Fry will be with us to preview the Ranger side of that thing, but... To uh, give you the big picture of Major League Baseball, let's go to one of the best in the business who joins us uh, on our Vaqueros hotline. He is now with the Chicago White Sox, director of player personnel with the Chicago White Sox, making the move to the south side of Chicago, but always uh, still our great friend from Central Texas, our buddy Gene Watson. Gene, how are you? Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Doing okay. good. Congrats on the uh, the new gig. Uh, that's our first visit since you've uh, become a White Sox member of their front office. That's a, that's a big decision. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm very excited, you know, uh, when uh, when they let go of uh, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn and appointed uh, Chris Getz, the new general manager. Uh, Chris was a, a player that I had traded for in 2009 uh, from the White Sox to the Royals, and we had a had forged a really good relationship and always talked baseball. And then when he called me about the position, 
and told me what his plans were for the front office. One of the uh, big plans was to hire Brian Bannister as the director of pitching. And I had traded for Brian Bannister in <laughs> November or December of 2006. So as this, these dominoes started to fall, it, it started to be a big group of people that I had a long history with. And, and uh, so it made a lot of sense for me to make the jump. And it's been very exciting since. Gene, uh, let me start with this on the uh, big picture of where we are right now with the Final Four and none, none being the 100-win teams. Uh, well, which one of the teams that, that won 100-plus games or won a division that is not still playing surprises you the most that they're not still playing? Is it, is it Atlanta? Is that the easy answer? That's the easy answer. And, you know, really both teams, Atlanta and the Dodgers, just ran into so much trouble with getting their starting rotations right. They had so many injuries along the way, especially the Dodgers with Walker Bueller and Luis Urias and the situation he had with the domestic violence case. But, you know, uh, Max Freed, you know, could never really get healthy. Kyle Wright could never really get healthy. Charlie Morton. And and there's just so much momentum. Uh, the difference between a team that, like, wins the division, you know, they clinch in late September, the guys get the days off, they take start taking days off, your mind begins to shut down a little bit. And then – you you win the you 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 win the division and you get the break, and so there's really two breaks for those teams, and you have to face a team like uh, Arizona or Philadelphia. And I experienced it in, in 2003 with the Marlins, and 2014 with the Royals, where you're just on this roll, and it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're playing so well collectively as a group that the team that's in your way, like the Angels for us in 14, the best team in baseball. They had no chance, and that, and that's really what's been happening is that these teams have been on such a roll. They've got so much momentum that it, it that coupled with the injuries to the rotations of these teams and the breaks that they took really cost them along the way. Hey, Gino, I want to ask you, uh, just jump right into it and ask you about the Texas Rangers and the Astros, man, and the all-Texas ALCS. Um, they're pretty evenly matched. What are your thoughts about this matchup and uh, this historic matchup between Texas and Houston? I think this is going to be one of the great series that we've had in playoff baseball for a long time. When you look back at the early 2000s, and the great Yankee-Red Sox series that you know, every game was four hours, and and there was action-packed the whole time. I think that's what we're up against. I'll tell you how hard this ticket is. I can't even get a ticket. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, they are, they are sold out, and there are no tickets, and there are nothing for anybody. So it, it's going to be unbelievable. You've got two Hall of Fame managers uh, in Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy. I know both of them well. They have so much admiration for each other. But they're also both extremely competitive. Um, and I think that, that Texas is kind of tired – of getting pushed around by the Astros. And, and I think back to 2016 when, when A.J. Hinch became the manager of the Astros and, you know, Texas owned Houston at the time. And, you know, A.J. would talk to me about, like, what do we need to do to, to turn the page on these guys? And I'm like, you need to fight. And, and that's exactly what happened. They had a bench-clearing brawl in April that year, and it was Houston telling Texas, we're not taking it anymore. And, and you know, Texas has, has dominated the series. Uh, I'm sorry, Houston has dominated the series. And so Texas, with that veteran group and the Hall of Fame manager, has to come out and say, we're not taking it anymore. And what Houston's been able to do with the seven straight AL, uh, ALCS series is just truly incredible. I mean, you think about the Yankee runs uh, that they had, the, the Brave runs that they had. But, but in today's game, and with free agency and where monies are and CBT 
it's incredible what they've been able to do. It is. And to your point, Gene, Gene Watson is with us uh, for the Kansas, with the uh, Chicago White Sox now. So seven seasons, the last seven seasons, the Astros were 79 and 39 against the Rangers. So they're, you know, 40 games over 500. But the seven seasons before that, the Rangers were 40 games over. Essentially, over the last 14 years, they're dead even at 106 and 106, but they both wow. dominated for seven games, seven year stretches. Hmm. How do the Rangers switch that here, here uh, Gene? I mean, Bruce Bochy was the perfect hire for them. The lineup is as deep as, as any in baseball. The one place I see an advantage for Houston is in the bullpen, where that, that bullpen is locked down right now, and the Rangers have been leaky. But, man, it is, as you said, dead even for me, really across the board. And it's going to be tough. I mean, you're going into one of the most hostile environments in all of baseball, Minute Maid Park. It is extremely hard to win there. And so they've almost got to take the crowd out of it as early as they can. They have to stick to the – playbook of what they did this last series and that's get their, get their starters deep into the game where and, and score some runs where when their pin comes in they got a little wiggle room Arotis Chapman is is one of the more top step relievers in baseball where he's not even comfortable till there's two on and nobody out that's when he gets comfortable <laughs> but, and you can't you can't do that uh in a one-run game at Minute Maid Park so they're going to have to do a great job of one taking the crowd out of the game scoring runs as early as they can and and just uh, hoping that their their rotation can get as deep as they did the last series. It's Justin Verlander and Nathan Ivaldi uh, with Game 1. Of course, both aces. Verlander's been there many times. Ivaldi was there with the Bo Sox before and now is this top of the uh, rotation for the Rangers. Rod, did you have another question? Uh, no, I just wanted, uh, just wanted to ask you, and I know we, we'll get into the playoff matchups, so I want to get those, but I want to get your thoughts, uh, Gino, about the rule changes um, that have happened in Major League Baseball this season. I didn't know if you were in support of the rule changes initially or not. It seems like now everybody uh, seems to think that it was an overwhelming success. What have been your thoughts about the, all the rule changes they had this season? It's been unbelievable. And, and I, I'm as old school as it gets when it comes to being a traditional guy. And as they began to throw these things out into the minor leagues, you know, there was a lot of eye rolling going on within the industry. But They've really done a tremendous job of, of the product on the field is so much better now. And, you know, I'm of the belief that, you know, families, there's some families that save all year long to go to one major league baseball game. You know, my mom, one, you know, I got to go a game a year in Arlington and it was, you know, it was a lot for us to be able to do that. And so you don't want the game to be two hours and eight minutes. You don't want it to end. Um, and I think that the, the, the casual baseball fan, you know, they go when they want, they leave when they want, but, but the, but the timing of the games, getting it down to like 2.34 now, has been really good. It's made the product a lot better. The pitch clock has been a big deal for pitching. I think when you look across the league and you look at the injuries that have taken place, I think it's the reload and, the, and how much repetition there is uh, within pitches has caused a lot of the injuries. So I think that you're going to see pitchers training a little bit differently this winter. And the, and the throwover rule has just been great because it's created so much action. And you're going to see younger players that can really defend and throw and run but can't hit and have no power get a little more opportunity to be 26 men uh, and, and, and that be their role on team. So I think overall all the rule changes have just been tremendous. Uh, he is Gene Watson. Hey, Gene, the uh, you know it's hard to pick the best player for each team here, but obviously Jordan Alvarez is the new Mister October. Corey Seager is the best player on the Rangers. Had an MVP season. Uh, give me give me your quick uh, scouting report on both of these guys and how each side handles it. It might be the difference in the series how the Rangers handle Jordan and how the Astros deal with with Seager uh, batting in that two hole. 
a hundred percent. And 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 the left-handed pitchers being able to neutralize those games. I mean, look for Chapman to come into games a little bit earlier than normal to to try to uh, neutralize Alvarez. And and Seager's going to have a tough time with the left-handed starters from from the Astros. But this game, this series for me, I mean, look for look for some uh, some hidden gems in Leotis Tavares and and Pino, Jeremy Pino with Houston. Look for some younger guys to step up and maybe be the heroes of the series because it's got a chance to happen. You know, you talk about all the stars of the series, but both these teams have some really good young stars that have been complementary to this point that have just a chance to step up and really be huge for their ball clubs. Yeah, Evan Carter being one. What's your scouting report on Evan? I mean, he and Josh Young. Josh Young would have been the the rookie of the year if not for the injury. And Evan Carter, twenty years old, batting four twenty nine in these postseasons. I mean, these are two great young players. Yeah, and and Evan's an example of of using your system and the talent. I talk to you about it all the time about you know diving into your system and finding that one hidden gem that can come up and has the makeup to be a special player like Miguel Cabrera was for us in two thousand and three in Miami, and and you know. This guy, not only was he kind of a hidden gem within the industry, but he was a part of the 2020 draft that was only five rounds. And he was a high school player who, whose high school season was cut short. So when you talk about the risk of taking a guy like this as high as they took him out of an area that nobody really knew him, he wasn't really a showcase guy. He wasn't on the national scene. So you, do, he, you got a player like that that goes in a five-round draft so he gets into pro ball, and it's such a difficult thing for a high school player to assimilate into professional baseball. And look at him now. He's, a, he's a, just a star on the biggest stage in baseball coming from a, a situation where nobody really even knew he was for a long time. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, it's going to be good. We're going to talk to Steve Sparks next hour, and uh, Jeff Fry is going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. You know Jeff. You were with the Rangers. My man. Came, your man, Jeff I was, Fry. I, I was with – I was with him the day we called him up. I unpacked his bag. You can ask him. <laughs> nice. That's my man. Love Oh, him. man, the baseball life. It's uh, the baseball family. It is uh, intertwined throughout the years and the decades, and Gene Watson knows it intimately. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate it, my friend. Congrats, right, uh, congrats on Appreciate the new position, you. and uh, we, we look forward to future conversations. Thanks, Gene. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. All right, there you go. I love that. Aroldis Chapman. He, he doesn't even get going until he's got two on. Love it. it makes everybody yeah. nervous. Look he's at Ty's like, in there shaking his head. He's like Sea Biscuit. He like needs to be in the competition. Like to see, like to see the competition. Then they can get going. Yeah, makes him nervous. There was a guy with the Cubs back in the day and the Phillies, Mitch Wild Thing Williams. Mitch Williams. He used to do that. He'd almost have to load the bases before he, he get the adrenaline get the juices flowing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I now to make everybody nervous. He needed some adversity. It's like it's too easy. Some adversity out here, man. I need something on the line. How about Gene though? That was uh, give me the chills when he was talking about those Red Sox Yankees series from the early two thousands. Remember when they were going back and forth, and it was the great Jeter mm-hmm. Yankees teams and the great uh, oncoming Red Sox teams. Making that kind of comparison, huh? This well, it could be. I mean, these are two really good teams, and, and yeah, they got young talent, huh? Young like talent, and, well, Hall of Fame veteran talent, and then young talent that's coming up. That you know, Jeremy Pena was the MVP of the ALCS last year. Mm-hmm. He's had a decent year this year, but yeah, he absolutely could step up. Uh, Leody Tavares, as he mentioned, uh, Evan Carter, Josh Young. Uh, it's a really great series, and it's there's not a lot separating these teams. They both won 90 games, and uh, they're looking forward to it. Sunday night is game number one. Uh, game two will be, by the way, Monday afternoon, Rod. So how about the Monday afternoon you're going to have if you're looking forward to That's sexy. you got the Astros and Rangers right into the Cowboys game with the Chargers on Monday oh, Night Football. Well done. Yes. Good job. Beautiful. Yeah. like and, that and, Major League and, Baseball. Good for you. And you'll have the uh, that night you'll have the National League game, game one of Diamondbacks-Phillies. So 
Yeah, Monday. The, the weekend's a four-day weekend. Oh, right? week, week next week's going to be pretty good. It is. Yeah. LCSs are here. All right, we'll come back. We're bullish on our Bullish or BS segment. Got to have that for you. Also, uh, we roll forward Friday, football Friday here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Hey, it is time for Bullish or BS. You know, during the uh, the summer, it was brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. That's where we came up with Bullish or BS, and we've rolled with it. And uh, congratulations again to the uh, Austin Gamblers. They're your, your regular season champions again. Playoffs. And our man, Jose Vitor Lemme, the world's right. best bull rider. Mm-hmm. He's also won his second consecutive league MVP title as they head off to the playoffs. So, for the PBR team series, and that's in Vegas, correct? Is that Vegas? They were at? Where was the yeah, last they go to Vegas. Are they, they go to Vegas, Vegas every time? Every, okay. Yeah, yeah. Vegas. Vegas is big for for everything, but uh, big now for it is. bull riding and rodeo. Yeah, They've always had the uh, the national finals rodeo out there, NFR, and uh, yeah, big time. Everything's mm-hmm. in Vegas these days. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you ever bullish or BS? Did you ever see? Did you see the? I'm sure you have because they went completely viral. But they they had the first concert in that that the spear? sphere, yeah, the U two concert. Man, the videos from that were just incredible. I oh, mean, it's unbelievable! <laughs> it's I mean, it is really really incredible. I oh, mean, you know, we might as well continue that bullish or BS because uh, I hear or at least the the scuttlebutt is that the NHL wants to have their draft inside of it. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. Because <laughs> nobody really cares about the NHL draft, but they apparently they're thinking of having their their draft inside the sphere. And that would be cool. I mean, think about all the stuff they could display and God, all highlights up there. Oh, it would be so freaking cool. I mean, just to see, I mean, yeah. U2 and Bono and their, you know, all their classic, you know, iconic anthem songs. And it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, you're in, you're in this big snow globe, essentially. And uh, oh, yeah, man. The, the effects were just phenomenal. So, yeah, a lot to use with that uh, coming forward. By the way, speaking of bullish or BS, somebody, because the NBA season is ratcheting up, right? They're playing preseason games now. And somebody asked LeBron James why he's so bullish on owning a, a franchise in Vegas. Like yeah. He doesn't want to just own a, a lot franchise. of that talk. Yeah. He wants to own it in Vegas. And hey. he said, and somebody said, somebody asked him why you why so bullish on Vegas? Because it's Vegas. It's Vegas. <laughs> hey, do, it's what, Vegas. do I need to say it? It's Vegas. Vegas. Everybody, everybody wants. Every team wants to be in Vegas. Every league wants to be in Vegas. Come on, man. Well, and now that they every have a, league's got a footprint in Vegas now, don't they? Yeah, now that the Raiders are there, it's uh, like that last Sunday night when you had the Packers there. I mean, there's so many cheeseheads there. I mean, when the schedule comes out, Rod, and you look at it and you say, "Oh, my team's playing in Vegas," I'm going. Right? You, you immediately oh, yeah. get your plane tickets. You no buy doubt. some tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and obviously, if you're a, a Chiefs fan or a Broncos fan or Chargers, you know you're playing in Vegas every year as a part of the division. Yeah, the Raiders are like a tourist team now. Oh, like, big time. Do, whatever your team is playing is, hey, I mean, we can go to Vegas well, and I'll go and see our team what? play. The Oakland A's <laughs> are moving there. So if you're an Astros or Rangers fan, a team in your division may in, in the pretty soon the future be playing. You can, how about move, how about flying to Vegas in the summertime? I know it's hot, but they'll have a dome. Oh, and yeah. you're, you're going to three game Ranger series or Astros series and while you're chilling out in Vegas and Doing the pool and so doing legit. some gambling. That is yeah. that is big time. Bullish on that, Rod. Bullish. I'm bullish on that, too, man. Vegas is a spot. Even the NBA, they're not there officially, but that's where their summer league is, right? And they that got is. summer league stuff in Vegas, that, that kind of thing. All right. Yeah. What else do we have in bullish or BS, Rod B? Um, oh, you know what? Since we're talking about the spear, I found this little nugget. So the advertising on the that MSG spear cost 450 k for a four-hour window. Um, and now they basically have kind of put out the... Um, the numbers that you can you can rent it not rent it but you can actually uh, end up you know uh, being able to hold your event there as a as an event and they put the numbers out there so if you got enough money you can you know 
you can have the access to the sphere if you got enough cash, though. That thing is incredible. And yeah. they're building one, in, I think, in, in London now. I think they're building the another company. one? Yeah, in London, I believe. Those things are it, – it, 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 it stands out because you put it in the wrong place in London. It's an eyesore, right? It just becomes this big albatross of a thing. But in Vegas, it kind of fits the strip. Oh, yeah, because it's so flat. Everything's so flat. <laughs> it just stands. You can see it anywhere. You can see it from all Unreal. over the place. All right, bullish yeah. or BS, Rod and Ty, get in on this. Uh, West Virginia lost last night. Hail Mary. Houston beat them. Hail Mary. How about West Virginia? They had rally. I was thinking, man, this team that might be something to it because West Virginia rallied for 15 mm. points in the final four minutes, including a 50-yard touchdown pass where Houston played some of the worst defense you'll ever see uh, to let them take the lead, get the two-point conversion. Then the Hail Mary. We'll hear it coming up in the headlines. Now now the Longhorns do control their own destiny, Rod. Now the Longhorns, if they went out um, and, and when Oklahoma wins out, Texas can play in the Big 12 title game. They're, they don't have another... Uh, you know, team that can stop them, I don't believe. And so, are you bullish or BS? The Longhorns will get back to Arlington to play mm. in the Big 12 title game. You feeling bullish on that on bullish. this Friday morning? Bullish. If they don't, like I said, something went horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Something went horribly wrong. I'm knocking on wood because I don't want that to happen. But so, yeah, because the Big 12 is so down. This is, and, and I think the Big 12 is probably at one of its lowest points as a conference. If you take Oklahoma and Texas out of the argument, yes. I think the Big 12, the rest of the Big 12, even with the infusion of the new teams, is at one of its lowest points competitively as a league. There's no doubt. Yeah, Got to fix the red zone issues. Got to get the tacklings cleaned up a little bit, get healthy. But, yes, they should. They, they will be double-digit favorites in every game the rest of the way. They yeah, doesn't they mean are, they're going to win every game by double digits, but they are going to be double-digit favorites in every game. Texas says, did you hear about the concessions at the Sphere? $20 beers. One Texas said $30 for a large soda. <laughs> uh, well, you got to pay for the Sphere. got to pay for that thing. It costs $2.6 billion to make or something. Uh, how about this? Uh, bu- bullish or BS, guys. Mattress Mac was asked to throw out the first pitch at the Astros-Twins ALDS game. Found this out not too long ago. Um, but a but he says a, a mattress firm and Major League Baseball sponsor stepped in to prevent it. Oh hell no, Mattress Mac, you ain't getting no free advertising. We are an actual sponsor. Bullish or BS. Uh, they should have let Mattress Mac do it. Come on, he's an icon. He's so the, the mascot of the Houston uh, Astros. So does that mean he's not going to be able to do it for the AOCS? Is that corporate entrance? Come yeah. on now. I mean, they're, they're the official mattress sponsor of Major League Baseball, I believe. And they're like, hell no, man. That's we, some we BS. pay for that privilege. That's some BS. I agree. And I'm in full bullish support of this. Spencer Strider, the right-hander of the Atlanta Braves, when asked about and people who are trying to use the playoff format to make an excuse for teams not performing, he said, uh, I think people who are using the playoff format to make an excuse for the results they don't like are not confronting the real issue. You are in control of your focus, your competitiveness, your energy, and if having five days off means you can't make that adjustment, you've got nobody to blame but yourself. That's Spencer Strider, who was the losing pitcher last night. Taking full accountability for the Braves not getting it done. Stop blaming formats. Players play, Rod. Hey, man. Players play. Man in the mirror. Man in the mirror. Hey, we're back. Uh, We'll roll into the 8 o'clock hour. Hook them up.